Some men do say King Arthur is not dead, but by the will of our Lord Jesu sleeps, yet to awake, deathless and reassure us. And therefore is it that grave where he is laid, this legend hath that still his kingdom keeps. Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mudger. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, a creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Merlin. And we're back with season two, episode 10, in which uh, our boy Arthur is going to do some falling in love because he's been enchanted. Uh, Chris, you and I talked a little bit earlier today as we were both watching this episode at the same time and just remarking that even though last week we said, hey, we've seen this before. Uh, just how good it is. It's still good. Like they still nail mm-hmm. it. Like they they get the tone. I don't know what it is. Like they could do this plot line over and over again, and they they seem to mix it up just enough to keep me going. I think there's there's a type of story where you know somebody falling in love against their will is not great. It just feels like um, it's uh, it just doesn't it, it could feel icky. But because it's these men in power, you just don't feel bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes it work really well and they actually take it so it's not only just like comedy and peril for the realm but there's also like the you know an actual love story at the core of this that they that they managed to squeeze out so um once again they somehow handled it yeah they, they really nailed it uh before we get into the main part of the episode is the screaming from my dogs coming through the mic can you hear any of that i'm not hearing those screaming dogs let me okay. get those grim pups on the mic no, I'm not like, gonna. Are we talking Vic or Amelia or no? Okay. Yeah, well, one of them. Yeah, Penny is a, is a big screamer. Uh, I left them in the living room with treats today, but I think UPS showed up and now they are losing their minds. Oh. So and, and they took the treats. UPS the, took the treats. UPS took their treats, and now, now everything is bad. My cat, my cat got new treats, and now I you my cat's not supposed to go outside, uh, but he fucking does because every time I open the door, he's like, "Sorry, <laughs> sorry, you weren't fast enough, Chris. I'm out." Um, and all he does is fucking lay on the porch. But um. Whenever I need to get him back, I have to shake his his fucking jar of treats. It's the only thing that will get him yep. to come back inside. And mm-hmm. for a while, I didn't have them, and he, you know, I would just have to keep calling. Eventually, he'd come back in. It would be this big stressful event. And now, he won't come in unless he has those treats. And like he, <laughs> it started to rain, and he comes to the door to be let in. I'm like, oh, nice of you to show back up. I was worried about you. And then I open the door, and he's like, I'm sorry. 
I can't come in. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. This is a uh, treats. You need I'm like, to piece of shit. <laughs> you would, you have created a monster. Anyway, uh, Merlin. Last time on it, would you like uh, to know what happened? Well, before we do that, let's thank all of our patrons over patreoncom monster of the week. Uh, they get episodes of this podcast early. They get access to our Discord server, and they get all kinds of cool treats in the form of exclusive podcasts. So check that side out. Uh, support your boys. And Chris, yes, what has been happening in the world of Merlin? Last time on Merlin. Merlin set free and fell in love with a caged druid girl. Now, normally, I think we would all agree that this would be a good thing. But in this case, we would be wrong. It turns out the caged druid girl is named Freya, and she was cursed by a sorceress to turn into a big cat bat uh, every night at the stroke of midnight. I don't know why I'm reading it like this. Bummer for Camelot and double bummer for Merlin, who was very sweet and smoochy with Freya and did his best to help her. Um, Just as he felt he could finally be himself around her, all hell broke loose. Freya transformed into the big cat bat that I mentioned earlier and eventually died in Merlin's arms from wounds sustained in her beast form, uh, but not before promising to repay his kindness one day. We are talking about Merlin Season 2, Episode 10, Sweet Dreams, which was written by Jake Mishi and directed by Alice Troughton and aired on November 28th, 2009. Dignitaries from rival kingdoms descend on Camelot for peace talks, but what King Alaned really wants is war, and he'll do everything in his power to stir up hostilities, even if it means using magic. Alaned's jester, Trickler puts a spell on Arthur to make him fall madly in love with rival King Olaf's daughter, Vivian. Chaos reigns in the palace, and Camelot is once more poised on the brink of war. Chaos does reign. Chaos does reign. I couldn't figure out if this dude's name was Trickler or if that was some sort of delineation, if that's that was his class or it's, something. Uh, it's Kevin Eldon as Trickler. It does seem like it would be a class of warrior in a in a uh, like a in a darkest dungeon type video game. Um, but this guy's Trickler. He's Trickler. He um, this dude. I just want to say up top, uh, this dude Trickler puts in a, a incredible performance. Like he just goes. He's all doing out. the most for sure. He's he's a Game of Thrones guy. He was cast in Game of Thrones. Like I I looked at. The, I, I could not tell you where he was like gold cloak or whatever like there was no idea no idea but apparently he's a relatively uh successful like stand-up comedian and like sketch actor in the uk uh and i just yeah. want to call about because like this entire it, it, from the very like opening of the episode the dude is just killing it yeah he's doing the work he's doing the work um we start off with um a really cool scene i for some reason was just i was feeling this scene because we we see uther and arthur standing on you know the parapets uh, of the castle looking out at the road far away down below into the forest uh and the other kings there's armies are, are marching towards camelot and uh the five kings are all coming together for the first time and who, who knows how long um and if they can agree come to some sort of an agreement these five kings uh can make peace with each other and begin a new era of prosperity if they screw this up this could mean war so it's a very delicate situation it's either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever um and yeah they're just watching that first group arrive yep uh we are introduced to Alaned, uh who is a one of the kings and he is throwing his cloak on the ground and then yelling at uh his what he calls his boy he says he calls trick trickler boy throughout most of this uh uh who is seems to be trying to take care of a donkey and the cloak at the same time and he's kind of slapping this dude around a little bit he's got it's his like, hands full no no dude does trickler doesn't look like do like he's doing great work at this point um <laughs> uther greets him and then we're zipped pretty quickly to Aladdin's chambers where uh he's telling uh 
trickler Dude, that the second that that chamber door closes he starts scheming just starts scheming immediately like let's get let's just tell everybody all let's just discuss our plans for the viewers let's just get everything out he hasn't there. even unpacked yet he's um, just scheming and he says that he's going to basically one of the other kings olaf has a daughter lady vivian and that he's very protective of and if anybody tries to step up to vivian olaf will get mad and start a war about it because men are yeah. nonsense absolute yeah, Olaf's, fucking Olaf's nonsense being a little weird about it yeah he keeps saying he keeps telling uther that she's too young for that type of type of behavior and i'm like she looks like she's 24 also yeah. the actress is married to david Tennant. i think she's probably seen most <laughs> things i think she's on when she uh, <laughs> when, when he says something about her being an innocent girl she's like father like that's not true there's some extremely witty like uh very quick lines in this in this episode that i I, that i I really like a whole lot like some real good facial expression stuff too uh but he's gonna make arthur fall in love with this girl and then we get like trickler just full-on maniacal gesture laughing for a little bit before the intro he can't even keep it together dude not at all uh olaf arrives greets uther with a hug and introduces the lady vivian who arthur uh escorts to her chambers um right away she's very arrogant and kind of pompous she calls the chambers adequate uh when gwen arrives and he introduces gwen as her servant says that she is the best that camelot has to offer uh she says she ho- certainly hopes that she isn't uh which i can't believe we're going to be disrespecting gwen uh, uh, not right absolutely not right allowed sorry i don't care if you're made um, i don't care if you're married to former doctor who i just don't care yeah, I'm not interested in former Doctor Who's um, current wife, I think. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, no, she's, uh, Arthur's clearly like, okay, whatever, I'll be polite to you because you're a princess, but I'm not, you know, you're not my type. You're not, uh, you don't seem like a very pleasant person. Um, and him and Gwen sort of share like a laugh um, outside of her room. And then that laugh quickly turns into a longing stare. Before they both have to awkwardly a s- walk away. A smoldering glance, if you will. A promise of things for, that, that to happen later, but maybe th- that are not allowed. Uh, very funny. Um, it, it's very cute, I guess, because Arthur gets very flustered yeah. at this. And he's like, I got to go g- 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 ride a horse. Bye. Um, he just can't keep his cool around her anymore. We go back to Arthur's chambers where Arthur is chiding Merlin for giving him shirts with holes in it, saying that uh, he has to impress people tonight. And, Dude, and Merlin's like, oh, it's the moth. He's like, how do you explain the hole in my clothes? It's the moth. Like, is this is there continuity to the moth joke? Because this I, is what Merlin was telling everybody last episode when he stole one of Morgana's dresses. I love the idea that Merlin invents lies and then just keeps them going for as long as possible. Like, mm-hmm. I, it makes me mm-hmm. think that he's, like, poking holes in Morgana's dresses uh, just, to, just to prove that there was a moth at some point. Very funny to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. That's his dude. That's Merlin. He's he goes deep with the jokes, with the with the conspiracies, you could call them. Um, but yeah, they're 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 getting ready, and um, uh, Merlin is like, "Hey, so who who are you trying to impress?" Arthur says it's all the other kings. Um, he says he's not trying to impress Lady Vivian. She's not his type. Um, and Merlin just continues to rib Arthur a little bit about like, "Oh, I know who you really like." Uh, uh, and that's kind of it. Um. Pretty much that, yeah. We go to court. They are, uh, they are really establishing for the viewer that Arthur is not interested in Vivian. Not at all. So that when he falls in love with her later, we'll know, oh, he didn't want to fall in love with her. It's magic. Even though they're going to explicitly show us that it was because of magic. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, we go to court uh, where Trickler is uh, entertaining the crowd with his many and devilish maneuvers. Who we'll let this guy in here. He's, uh, he's dancing around. He's got some fire-breathing tricks. He coughs up a bunch of fire to light the candle 
angels. Vivian is fucking just she's loving this. She is abs. This is the best thing that's ever happened to Vivian. Uh, yeah. And yeah. then Trickler says he's got a spectacle for the ladies, and he just magically produces butterflies from from nowhere. Uh, weird little CGI butterflies that kind of look cool but also weirdly out of place too it's very strange the effect on this i just i just feel like in any other circumstance uther would be fucking on his feet losing his mind for this man's death yeah any other lucky that the butterflies didn't bite somebody because that's that would be over the line for uther at that point um trickler goes over to vivian and uh like pulls a butterfly from her ear which is very funny to me uh and while the crowd is really digging this he had a secret which was that he was he just jerked a handful of hair out of the back of her head and Dude, she didn't notice know. did he do a quick little snip snip like what's going on that's a perfect lock of hair tiktok you is just tiktok is serving me videos about like how to steal somebody's watch uh and it feels like very much one of those <laughs> tricks and i don't like, i don't know how i got on like steal a watch tiktok but like is it steal a watch tr- tiktok or is it magician tiktok well it, it's very decidedly not magician tiktok because they're showing you how to do the trick like it's just a couple of sure, guys sure, with sure, tucked sure, in sure. t-shirts and blue jeans like just like oh and this you, you use your two you use your pinky to undo the latch and i'm like i don't why why am i watching this obsessively oh. <laughs> this is bad <laughs> i feel like i'm guilty of a crime now um so trickler grabs the hair and then he uses it later that night to make a spell as alaned watches uh, of course it's a love potion so trickler has to very creepily sneak into arthur's room uh chris you said this today, Dude. and I can't say it any better. This entire show wouldn't exist if they just knew how to lock a door in Camelot. That's Dude. all All you Dude. have to do to stop any of these plots is to lock a door. Lock one door. Let's do one season where the philosophy is that the, the, the villains, not the heroes, have to keep overcoming more and more dangerous obstacles. And the first obstacle would be, how do we unlock these fucking doors? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. 90% of their issues could be avoided if they just locked their doors. They are royalty. They're like, my roar was fucking scaling walls and snapping mm-hmm. necks. Why mm-hmm. couldn't he just fucking open the door? Very fucking strange. Like, why dude. did he have to do all that? I guess it's an idea of like, once you're in the castle, like you're protected, you're safe. But that doesn't see also doesn't seem like it would make sense. Uh, I love that Trickler also like, I don't know exactly how he does this, but the shot is his head just slowly elevating up next to the bed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. just... And then he like, does he crawl back under the bed after? Yeah, what and then he, he like, doing? when he's done and he does all of his little finger waving and, and, and cackling, like he just, he just slowly like lowers his head back under the bed. Uh, it's, it's, very weird. Uh, it's it all also sorc- all sorceresses mm-hmm. in this show are very cool. They're very uh, mysterious, very powerful, yep. mm-hmm. and all uh, sorcerers are just freaky little guys. Just freaky little dorks. Some of them have tails. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, they're um, basically magicians. They're basically magicians. The next morning, Merlin arrives to Arthur's chambers to find Arthur looking out the window at Lady Vivian, who is going full Karen on the local horse guy. Uh, yeah. And he, he tells Merlin, uh, as Merlin is delivering breakfast, that his job today is to woo and that he's going to make a declaration of love. Uh, but Arthur uh-huh. needs help expressing his feelings. And I love this back and forth when like, they kind of look at each other and like they both figure that the other person is going to say anything. It's like feelings. The other one's like feelings. It's like girls. Uh-huh. Girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, it's very. Um, Two, just two pals kind of kind of action here. Yeah. I, I like it a it's lot. Two pals. It's two pals. And Merlin, because Arthur doesn't explain himself. So uh, when Merlin is sent for flowers, he's told to leave a heartfelt note with the flowers. Um, we cut over to him going to Gwen's house again. Door not locked. Merlin walked in, um, and he. So he doesn't realize that, of course. Um, Arthur is talking about Vivian because nobody would know that he was enchanted in the middle of the night. Um, 
but yeah, he he thinks that uh, that Arthur's talking about Gwen, so he goes and leaves the flowers in the note for her. Um, and the the note says the barriers that keep us apart are nothing compared to the power of true love, Arthur. And oh boy, Ooh. that's a doozy. It is astonishing to me that this goes on for as long as it does. I, the the episode feels incredibly dense. Um, like we're only a few minutes in, and like we have set up the major plot of the episode. Somebody has been enchanted. There's there's some confusion about like uh, it's somebody was a Karen to the horse guy. Like it's yeah. it, there's a lot happening, and this particular plot line of you know Gwen thinking that Arthur is is making this move on her goes on for a long time before she finally figures it out. And I I think I, I have in here like four times just saying poor Gwen. Poor Gwen, dude. Poor Gwen. And I'm I'm happy that things sort of work out for her for like a minute in this episode. Because otherwise, there's just a, just a brutal heartbreak happening here. Um, but for, I mean, I guess for part of the episode, she gets to f- experience happiness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then it all comes crushing down on her when she realized it was false. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Merlin and Arthur meet back up. Arthur's positively buzzing. And Merlin's like, yeah, I did what you told me to do. Uh, and then we see Gwen and Vivian coming down the hall towards them. Um and everything that Arthur is saying is directed towards Vivian, but Merlin is still interpreting it as being directed towards Gwen. So this is again, it's continuing on that the the bit the bit continues, and it's a, and it's a pretty delicious conversation too because I, I like it when this kind of thing happens where somebody is saying something and the other person is agreeing with them without actually realizing what the other person is saying. So there's a lot of yeah. like, well, you know, what do you think your father would say? And he's like, I don't care what my father would say. And Merlin is like really impressed by that because of course his father yeah. would never approve <laughs> of being a, a, a serving girl. And eventually like, that's what like gives up the, gives up the ruse where I think Merlin says something about, well, you know, she's not a serving girl or she's a serving girl. And he, he <laughs> Arthur literally slaps him in the face and is yeah. like, she is yeah. not a serving girl <laughs> and like leaves. And this is when Merlin and is even like, though that oh. is still, that's just reinforcing still that he thinks it's Gwen. He's like, wow. Like, he doesn't want me to just refer to her as a mere serving girl. <laughs> like, the bit is still going. Well, this is this is where Merlin realizes what happened. And then he he, he, runs, he runs over to Gwen's house uh, where he, again, d- door locks. He just breaks in and then starts shouting about how there's huge rats everywhere. Uh, but finds that Gwen has already found the note. And, of course, she is extremely excited to have found both the flowers yeah. and the note. And, and she's way too happy for him to now tell her the truth. So of course. is like, yeah. okay, fuck. I, yeah. I blew it. Um, so he immediately goes back and tells Gaius. It's funny the way that Gaius is just like in on it this whole time, but doesn't really ever get involved. Um, He's very much the advisor yeah, tell- in this, which is where I like Gaius to live because he can't just like accidentally murder or agree to the murder of magical yeah, folk if yeah. he doesn't get involved directly. That's right. That's right. Um, so Merlin, you know, he fills him in on what's going on here. He he leaves out the part about Gwen, um, and um, I lost myself in the notes please could you go at guys reminds merlin that arthur will be in big trouble if um olaf finds out about this he's not going to be cool with anybody even though i think it would be a great political alliance for the prince and princess to get married right but mm-hmm. um he, olaf wouldn't be happy about that um and so merlin merlin needs to to stop arthur from doing anything yep um meanwhile arthur shows up to uh vivian's chambers 
carrying a rose, uh, knocks on the door. She asks who it is, and he says it's Destiny. He's also carrying meal uh, a meal with her, and so he says, and chicken. Um, there's another very popular podcast that I'll shout out uh, called Destiny Chicken that does a Merlin podcast. Who is that? Yeah, inter- when, we, when I watched this, I was like, oh, that's where that name came from. Yeah, yeah, which is that they've done interviews with the cast and things like that. So, like, if you're if you're just craving more Merlin content, go check those guys out. Um, but don't tell them we sent you. Um, <laughs> um, she opens the door and is immediately yeah, she, is just like absolutely not and slams the door back in his face. Uh, he calls her her his his love and she's like, "Excuse me, absolutely not." Uh, she shouts at him about her father, about him. You know, you say you're in love now, but then you haven't seen my father chasing you down with a knife. And he's like, "That's really happening." She's like, "Yeah." Uh, I really like this this actor a lot. Uh, the the yeah. lady that plays Vivian, she's she's really really good. Um, I I hadn't seen her a lot. Like there, she was into some Doctor Who stuff, but I hadn't. I don't think I've seen her in much else. And just really really good. Yeah, she uh, she rides a line between like, I, like almost she almost plays it ditzy, but then you could tell that like she actually does. She is aware of what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> she is exactly. Aware yeah. of herself, and she's she just a she real just like give a shit. She has a lot of like really great facial expressions as well. Like which as yeah. she as she she just emotes very well. She was in um she was in Sandman. I should probably mention that she was he was she oh. was one of the voices in the animated thing I mentioned last week. So oh, um, so yeah, Erlen um, Erlen Merlin has to come and collect Arthur before things get any worse here. Um, and then we cut over to the king. Right? What's his name? All it's not Alden. Alaned. Maybe. Alaned. Yeah, I, I wrote it down once and then I was just like, fuck. That's, yeah, yeah. This that's going to be a tough one. Alaned. Yeah, there we go. Alaned. He, um, yeah, because now we found out, oh shit, um, Arthur might be in love with Vivian, but Vivian's out in love with him. And he says, everyone wants Arthur, including me, except for Vivian. Vivian's the only one who doesn't. And I was like, whoa, bro. What are you saying here? Um, but yeah, he wants he wants war. Yes, he wants this to happen. He wants Olaf to get pissed because peace makes him poor. He says so. They're gonna have to come up with another plan. Yeah, and poor kings can't afford castles or horses or jesters. Looking at uh, Trickler meaningfully, we smash cut to a very hilariously depressed Arthur who is just having a day. He's sitting in bed, having a day. Man. His back straight up on the against the 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 frame. Um, Merlin asks, you know, he's just he's just depressed. You can tell he's just he's his his love has has rebuffed him, and he's very sad. Merlin says, "Well, what about your old love?" And Arthur's like, "I don't have one. I'm all alone in this world. Nobody loves me." He's really just going all in. Yeah, and Merlin's like, "We gotta get Morgana in here. She's our, she's more, actually." Morgana's over her goth face. She's moved on. Dude. Yeah, yeah. She seems she's real happy. The, yeah. Yeah. She's not pulling these stunts anymore, um, and she was never quite lovelorn, but it still had the same kind of uh, same kind of vibe. drama to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, he's like, "We got to get Morgana here. We got to <laughs> whatever she did to figure her own shit out. We got to get her to help <laughs> Arthur because this is too much." Arthur collapses on his pillow, which is where he finds the the lock of hair that Trickler left there, uh, and hands it to Merlin with a you know basically like you have got to start cleaning up my room better. Uh, and of yeah. course, you know Merlin rushes this over to Gaius, uh, assuming that this is uh, a love potion, which it is. And they kind of figure out very quickly that oh, this is Alanid. He wants war, so we need to get it. We need to get a cure going. Um, but yeah. before they can do that, Trickler sneaks into Arthur's room again. Uh, gets trapped up, kind of spoons Arthur a little bit because Arthur thinks he's Dude. he's Arthur's doing a little dreamy dream and he thinks that the the hand reaching over his body is Lady Vivian and he's like, oh, Lady Vivian, you smell so nice. Oh. So funny, it's very funny. Lock your. He just gets the 
<laughs> Lock your door, or you're going to end up spooning a stranger, okay? Lock That's just some advice. Your doors. From Chris and Jeremy. Um, but yeah, so unfortunately, uh, uh, Trickler is able to uh, snatch some of the hair from there, and he's able to cast the same spell on Vivian. So now they will be in love with each other. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, we see Merlin. He's been up all night studying. They, he, he's got his big book of magic, and he says there's over 636 love spells in this book. He was up all night. Um, over 150 of these spells involve a lock of hair. Um, and they're going to need to try and narrow this down as fast as they can because um, if, if first of all, if Merlin gets this wrong, there's going to be some consequences. He could turn uh, Arthur into a toad or make Vivian lose all her hair. Um and there's going to be greater consequences than that because if they don't stop them, then again, there will probably be war. Yep. Uh, and in the castle, Trickler sees Gwen taking breakfast to the Lady Vivian, so he uses magic to uh, make her slip and fall. She's fine. But is I she guess. just fucking not? <laughs> she, yeah, she's fine the next time we see her, as if this didn't happen. Yeah. But like, she's out long enough for him to go and like pick up the the, the tray of food and bring it to like. What, Again, is what if you're okay? I say Does it, she falls so often that she's just like, well, okay. Uh, I guess it happened again. again. Uh, I've said it so many times in this episode, but poor Quinn. <laughs> she is so abused in this episode, with physically and emotionally. It's so horrible. Um, but he grabs the breakfast tray, uh, brings it to Lady Vivian, who is uh, who immediately starts like wolfing down the breakfast like she's never eaten before, and uh, they immediately start up like a, a good gossip kind of chat where he yeah. is he, she she's admitting that she's in love, but he's trying to get it out of her who it is, and for a moment he won't she won't tell him just says like he's perfectly formed and you know a, a, a godly warrior or something and eventually she confesses oh yeah it's totally arthur and he's like well you must go yeah. to him and she's like i gotta get dressed first because no no you're fine just go and i guess like to me this just looked like a dress uh but she's like i'm in my yeah. nightgown and i'm like i guess like you just like look like casual friday morgana to me but yeah. okay it's sure like, whatever yeah. <laughs> why is morgana allowed? well it's morgana's house so she's allowed to dress mm-hmm. however she wants she's a guest so no yeah whatever um so she goes over to it or she goes out in her nightgown at the word of trickler um outside gwen sees arthur um and you know she's walking along in the courtyard she has a head injury but it's bandaged up but we're not gonna totally fine yeah yeah. um black eye broken nose yeah totally cool but (laughs) they're so used to seeing her like this she falls out the stairs a lot um she says she can tell something is bothering arthur um and he says, hey, well, you know, I made a fool of myself. I made this this grand gesture, and it doesn't seem like it was well-received. Um, and unfortunately, Gwen still thinks that, that he's talking about her and the flowers and everything. Um, and she reassures him that, no, like, it's it, it was well-received. It's not always ex- easy to express what's in one's heart, especially in a delicate situation like this. Um, there's always hope. And Guinevere, just the, the sweetheart that she is, doesn't realize that she's <laughs> she's accidentally shipping uh, Arthur. <laughs> oh, no. Vivian. The classic accidental ship. You hate to see it. Yeah. You absolutely hate to you see hate it. You hate to see the accidental ship. Um, I... This is all very good, again, and once again, poor Gwen for, you know, going through this entire conversation and then realizing it after the fact, because she is so, I mean, again, just the, the level of, of actor that this chick is, uh, it's, she's just so excited. You could just tell it in her eyes, and eventually they come up to, like, they figure out, like, oh, you just need, you know, maybe if I, Arthur says, like, maybe if I just had a token back to know that it was real, and Gwen, it, like, has this huge smile, I was like, you'll get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we switch over to Merlin, who 
apparently his job responsibility is to like brush the hair of the like the the mounted boar head in Arthur's room. That's a weird job, dude. I don't. I I think he's just killing time. I think he just does shit because like just like he just likes to look look busy. My family, like my grandparents and my dad, even has like you know deer on the walls that they have killed or whatever like mounted animals and i never ever saw any of them brush anybody like they were you would like dust them or whatever but i never saw someone break out the brush or whatever like this is very weird to me like i saw this and i was like why why are you styling the boar's hair (laughs) yeah he's giving it a perm um rivian runs into arthur's room while he's um while merlin is here uh perming the the boar's head and um he's like whoa hey uh vivian you're here in your nightgown you can't be here this is bad news oh shit oh shit she's not listening to him though she immediately just like climbs on arthur's bed she's like where's my beloved i'm like whoa guys can we please can we fucking relax here uh we switch over to the negotiations where all these kings are, are gathered in a room hashing out all the peace treaty details when a uh somebody goes over whispers in olaf ears and he starts fuming. You can hear him screaming throughout the castle. Merlin hears him. Merlin also sees Arthur coming and then very quickly like tries to get Vivian to leave or hide. And when she starts basically reciting poetry, he just magics that chick to sleep, <laughs> just snaps his fingers, and then she's out like a light. And then he yeah. puts yeah. puts her in the wardrobe. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck, Merlin? <laughs> this show is this so fucking hysterical. Dangerous. I love this, this so man much. Is, it's a good thing that Merlin's a good guy. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, this is classic sorcerer behavior. This is just weird he's got a point man. weird little guy behavior uh olaf comes comes in he's been told that vivian is in arthur's chambers at this point arthur is there and he's very confused about the whole thing uh he demands a search of the entire room uh merlin manages to magic the the closet shut and like kind of stands in front of it but trickler is there uh and trickler was the one who kind of like revealed this to olaf in the beginning when she mentioned that um and trickler comes over and what I can only describe like a finger dance seduction is that would mm-hmm. that do you think that'd be an accurate way to describe what I he's think doing? That, that accurately sums up because like the he's, actions being performed. He he makes he locks eye contact with Merlin. His hands yeah. are, are like up near his face, and he's like waving them around in weird little patterns as he kind of prances his way over to the wardrobe. And as he's like trying to touch the lock, he's like eyeing Merlin the entire time. And I'm like, what is this dude doing? Yeah. What is what was the direction on this? I like. I, did he, was this all him just like going all into joker territory he dude oh this was his joker dude. this is this his is joker. joker yeah absolutely this is cal joko the, the, the trickler is like the camelot's version of the joker <laughs> the trickler <laughs> the trickler dude uh um, the trickler's trick yeah, anyway <clears throat> where are we at so she's she's in the cupboard the cupboard is locked by magic now um the everybody gets off scot-free with the trickler being or trickler his name i don't know he's being scolded by by his king because um that didn't go as planned and um yeah so the the a couple things happen here now right um the trickler tells his master that he knows merlin is meddling right Mm -hmm. the peace treaty is about to be signed so they only have a couple hours to to get vivian and arthur together and while that's happening while that scheming is going on we see gwen slip a note under arthur's door the kings are now again. We cut over again quickly to the kings. They're all meeting. They're ready to sign that treaty. Merlin's back at the lab. He's trying to get answers. There's a whole lot happening all at once. It, it's it's going very quickly, and Merlin finally figures out the cure for the love spell. Uh, Arthur, finding Gwen's note, uh, realizes, reads it, says to meet him at sunset, and that there'll be a second chance. Uh, does not realize that it's from Gwen. Assumes that it is from Vivian. Um, 
we cut back and forth during a lot of this. And once again, I will say, poor Gwen, because Gwen is back at the house. She set up the flowers that he left her. He put out some candles. Obviously, she's waiting for like this kind of romantic evening. Um, and meanwhile, Arthur is uh, has has carried a rose or has obtained a rose and is going to go to Vivian's room when he sees that it's guarded by two guards. So then he backs up and then he decides to climb up the tower to get into mm-hmm. it. All the while, and this is all intercut with Gwen, like preparing herself in the mirror and Dude, waiting. It's the, most, it's the most heartbreaking shit I've ever seen in my whole fucking life. Looking at the door and the whole thing. Uh, finally, Arthur makes it up all the way through the window. He falls through and he sees the sleeping Vivian and uh, he he kind of rushes over uh, as, and we go to Arthur's chambers where Merlin realizes that Arthur is gone. We go to the peace treaty signing where Alaned makes the comment that, Hmm, it's weird that both Arthur and Lady Vivian aren't here. Uh, and it, I mean, just an incredible dense amount of stuff that is happening in this episode it's, it's, right now. It's tightly packed. It mm-hmm. is tightly packed. <laughs> um, let's see. So, uh, they're unable to find Uther, so now, um, unfortunately, shit's about to pop off. Uh, back in Vivian's room, she's been snoring away, and finally, I think uh, Arthur wakes her up, and they just start smooching. They just, they just, they're both in love. They both been, had this enchantment put on them, and they just begin to smooch a little bit. Uh, a and that's little bit. Right when when Chris, Merlin busts in, this is sucking face. I don't often say this. This is, oh, this is, is this, absolute um, sucking face. Is this what they call snogging? This is what they call is, snogging, Chris. This is this is snogging. So they they begin to snog, uh, and that's when Merlin kicks the door in, and he's like, "That's my snogger. You're snogging right now." Uh, everyone's confused. He begins to try and cast the spell. He's just like, fuck it. At this point, I'm just doing it. Yeah, I'm just doing it right in front of everybody. God and country. Um, Let's get this gun. (laughs) He he tries the the spell a few times, but it does not work. Nothing happens. Uh, And that is very bad news. Um, Because shortly after, I think uh, he says something like... um, I can't believe it or something like that because and then right behind him all of the kings barge in um, and Olaf sees what's happening he sees Arthur smooching on his daughter he and he throws down the gauntlet as as Berlin fans we're very familiar with, what this, familiar with what this is yes um, and he starts chiding Arthur for taking advantage of an innocent girl and this is where she's like uh, father i'm not um, <laughs> there's some Uther great the whole time is rolling his eyes so fucking hard i was just gonna have to bring this up because uh arthur is like protesting this like how have i given you dishonor like i, I love your daughter i think she's the most amazing thing in the world my love is strong you know i'm willing to go to the and like it cuts over to uther who is whose eyes are rolling in the back of his head it's like the most i've ever bonded with uther in any, <laughs> any given scene of merlin like it's just great uh, this goes on for a while with lots of really good bits in between eventually arthur picks up the glove accepting the challenge uh and then we cut over to gwen who finally blows out the candles uh realizing Ugh. that arthur isn't coming that's this is what the british mean by gutted chris this is we finally figured it's, it out dude, I'm sh- i've never been more gutted than i am right now it's I'm uh, straight gutted. it's it's snogging and gutted are the two things that we have we have learned about this evening um <sighs> Oh, but dude, the next day, Chris, we have so much yeah. more episode to go, man. This There's is so much how episode. is there so There's much so happening? Much uh, the next day, one. it's a dense one. Uther tells Arthur day. that Olaf will not re- back, back down from the challenge, um, and Uther is like kind of rightfully upset that Arthur is jeopardizing the peace talks with all of this, even to the point where Uther acknowledges that Merlin is in the room and addresses Merlin and says, "Do you know what's going on with this dude right now?" Dude, the fact that he addresses Merlin was like, "Whoa, you know shit's <laughs> fucked up." And he's turned to Merlin and he's like, "What is going on?" 
90 percent of the time like, i don't know berlin is basically I, just a ladder in the background of uther's life <laughs> like he's, he's if he's i like was a, merlin and i know i know they then they immediately explain why he doesn't do this but the whole time i'm like you take uther aside and you go yo i think he was I think he's enchanted he yeah absolutely I think, me and gaius are on the case okay that would make uther feel so much better right or so I think, because I think what Gaius says later is like he we can't tell Uther because he might like fly into a rage and start a war because if, if he thinks one of the other kings has enchanted his daughter. Um, so I guess that's the reason why. But that the whole time I'm like we're about to have a fucking Merlin Uther moment where they team up. <laughs> um, Merlin goes back to the lab, kind of wonders why his spell wasn't work. Surely his magic is stronger than the Trickler, uh, and that's that's the, what the Batman thought about the Joker. And guess what? Joker has more movies than Batman now. <laughs> That's apparently right. that's right definitely Sean more Penn's musicals the Joker is gonna be or it was huge i'm sorry it was a, it's a huge uh, huge sexy rom-com rom-com uh yeah gaia says like hey because this is this is the point where merlin actually says like we should go tell uther that he's enchanted uh and and guys is like absolutely not like that's going to lead directly to a war you have to figure out how to do this and you need to figure out how to mm-hmm. do this before arthur dies in this tournament that they're setting up uh, meanwhile, Morgana finally shows up in an episode and is doing classic Morgana yeah. stuff, <laughs> staring out the window, kind of dreamily looking around some curtains, very beautiful, just hanging She's, out. Again, seems totally unfazed by this. I think I, you know, we haven't really been keeping up with Morgana the last couple episodes. I think she's got she's got a lot on her plate. And she's too. not in a bad place, mm-hmm. but there's so much going on in her world that when she finds out that her, um, for lack of a better term, like uh, you know, adopted brother is. Um, is going to be fighting somebody to the death for the woman that he suddenly loves. You'd think that she would show a little bit more concern, but she's just like, yeah, well, apparently here's the she, gossip. She's treating this as just hot goss. Like that's all this is yeah. because Gwen shows up uh, and is like asking what's going on. And Morgana is like excitedly telling her all of the details. And, Gwen is just immediately realizes like how much of a fool that she has been made of and just is just horrified at this and is like, I don't even want to go to the tournament. I got a lot of stuff to do and like leaves. And and yeah. Morgana is just like, Yeah, sure, you don't have to come. No big deal, girl. Like just call me yeah. later. Like she's, now now unfortunately she's she sips on the milk of the poppy rec- recreationally when she's awake. <laughs> yeah. She no longer needs it to sleep. She's like, I got the prescription, I'm gonna use it. Gwen, as long as you want to do uh poppy cocktails after the tourney, like I'm good, girl. Let's go. <laughs> you don't have to go if you don't want to. It's okay. <laughs> Gwen is like, okay, we'll do poppy cocktails. Poppy tonight. cocktails at the lab. Come on, that's my homie like, over po- there. Are poppy cocktails kind of like lean? I would, yes. <laughs> that's exactly what poppy cocktails are. Is lean, absolutely same color. It's it's yes, it's it's codeine. Yeah. And <laughs> Basically, right? I mean, what else is milk in the poppy? I was going for like a um for like a mimosa angle but man you 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 saying lean really got me really caught me off guard that's very funny morgana drinking lean and doing like uh freestyle she's got a big big fucking fancy goblet you look inside it's purple drink is it is it spoken word poetry or is it just acapella rap that she's doing every day down in the lab when she sucks down the poppy cosmos everybody Morgana is doing better than ever, but at the same time, everyone's a little a little concerned. Yeah, she keeps telling people about poppycocks, and they're like, "What is a poppycock?" She's like, "It's great. You're gonna love it. It will fuck you up. You do not you do not want to go to a tournament ever again without like three poppycocks going in your system." She talks about it in such a way that nobody knows what she's talking (laughs) about, and then suddenly she goes, "And it will fuck you up." (laughs) Wait, wait, wait! wait, What what? is it? Is this a, is this a monster? Is this some sort of magical creature? I don't understand. No, no, no. I'm telling you. I'll bring I'll bring some for you next time. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You'll be 
Wait till they find out Morgana's been butt chucking the uh, (laughs) poppycock and everyone's going to lose their fucking minds. Uh, Gwen leaves. Uh, she runs into yeah. Arthur and Merlin, uh, and uh, in a very sad scene, it's like kind of brushes them off. And Arthur tries to greet her, and she's like, and she kind of s- snaps at him a little bit because she's, of course, you know, feels betrayed. Arthur is completely clueless. Uh, he asked Merlin after she leaves, like, "What was that about?" Of course, Merlin, being caught in the middle of this, is like, "I have no idea." Um, yeah, yeah. Again, Merlin, tell somebody. Just tell somebody. Yeah, just open your mouth, my man. Uh, open your mouth. Go be like, hey, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go check on Gwen. Um, and then be like, hey, by the way, uh, Arthur's fucking enchanted. Um, <laughs> you know, save her some of the pain that she's experiencing. I know you're gonna resolve this in a in a heated moment that will fit together nicely with the narrative later on. But I just think it's rude to let Gwen suffer. Uh, but no, we're we're not gonna do that. Uh, instead, no. we get a scene with Morgana's tr- excuses that she's gone off that. Loud, she's gone you know off I mean? that loud. She's just fucking hung up on the lean, my friend. Uh, <laughs> she's getting sloppy on the poppy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, she's getting sloppy on the poppy. She's sloppy on the poppy. Uh, okay, so <laughs> what do we do here? The, okay, Trickler and the King. We see them. They're very happy with how things are proceeding. Um, Uther now tells everybody, "Hey, we're gonna settle things with a tournament. We've got the tournament set up. These fucking um, rules, man. What is what is this three? It's a fight to the death in three stages. Excuse me. Yeah, what are we doing? Wild. So like, but and they're timed stages. So you don't you don't kill them. I don't know. It's, it's very strange. You know what this we, is? We're the, doing. Um, this is medieval uh, Tekken. This is all we're doing right now. This is it's Tekken, a, dude. This, this is, is just Tekken. Tekken. This is literally it's Tekken. Um, <laughs> they're gonna go for three rounds." Um, you got to do uh, pole arms or whatever fucking staffs. Then they're going to do maces, uh-huh. and then they're going to do swords. And uh, we should um, mention that, like during this whole thing, Arthur cannot keep his eyes away from Vivian. They are they are eye fucking no. each other from across the the arena, uh, to the point where Uther is like, "Do you understand the rules, Arthur?" And Arthur's like, "Whatever you say, old man. Let's just get this going." Um, yeah. And the tournament att- it starts. Ev- every time they cut to Morgana, she's got the cup covering like the oh, bottom yeah. half of her face, which is you just see her eyebrows raised as she's looking mm-hmm. at everybody around. She's very pleasantly gone. Right she's now. got that. She's got that. Those purple teeth that lets you know she's really been sucking yeah. those poppycocks down. You know what I'm saying? What makes it purple? What's she putting in it to make it purple? <laughs> That's what Gaius doesn't want to know. Gaius occasionally sees yeah. this and is like, "Don't even tell me what you're putting in there. I don't want he, to know." He understands. He could recognize the behavior, and he's like, "You know what? She seems happy." I'm gonna keep an eye on this because substance abuse is no joke. But I don't. I don't think I want to know what that purple is. Yeah. What else has she got going for her besides getting lit up on some lean and watching some people kill each other in the fucking arena? Yeah. Like this, <laughs> she's got nothing else for. Her. Under normal circumstances, that she probably sees all this this violence as as a little bit um, uh, repulsive, but get her gone off that that poppycock it's a different situation get sloppy on some poppy and she wants to be down with some violence my man she's into it yeah yeah she's ready to jump in the rink yes 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 we have got to stop this Uh, arthur and olaf they begin their battle they're in armor they're fighting in the tournament ground as we've seen many times before um throughout this fight where they're fighting with staffs um arthur keeps getting distracted by vivian and just when he thinks he's like on top uh he's blowing her kisses and shit and then he gets his legs swept out from underneath him uh and he kind of gets his ass kicked he survives till the end of the round but he ends up with a broken rib um and even after the fact when he goes back to his tent to you know suit up for the for the next round guys is treating his wounds and he's like dude you have a broken rib we'd get morgana down here get some of her drink um but yeah he doesn't care he's um he's he's unfazed by the pain because that's how strong the effects of the spell are and as soon as he's sent back out guys is like we need help 
you need to go see the dragon. So Merlin goes to see the dragon, who immediately starts cackling. I love when the dragon is very amused by the whole thing. Uh, in between like his hectic guffaws, he's unable, He's kind of trying to get out that he no magic is going to be able to break the spell, but there's only one force that can, and the force that many has puzzled over. Merlin's like, can you please shut the fuck up, dude? I just I have yeah, an emergency situation. I don't have time. <laughs> For your riddles, I got a cocktail waiting for me back at the back at the tourney grounds. Come on, I'm not missing out on this. Eventually, the dragon spits out like, "Oh, the force is love, and Arthur needs a kiss from the one that he loves to be able to break the spell." Uh, and Merlin's touching his own lips. And Merlin's like, mm, "Is that is that me? I don't know if it's too? I don't know if it's love. Too? I mean, like, do hand jobs count as love? I mean, like, what is this?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, no, I, I, all right, no, not me. I, I, I'm overthinking it. I got it. All right, probably um, not me. Probably, probably Gwen. Probably Gwen. Morgana. Probably yeah. Morgana. Sorry, sorry, too sloppy. Sorry. Too sloppy. Mor- let's go, too Gwen. 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 Um, <laughs> unfortunately, we cut back to Arthur, who's going into the round two, the mace round. He's very confident, but he's getting his his ass smashed up in there. The mace is um, my forte, is what he says at the outset of this, right before proceeding yeah. to get hit in the face by a mace like getting several old. times. They always do great cuts. They always do great cuts mm-hmm. with stuff. We go from the mace is my forte to him just getting smashed in the gut with a fucking hammer. I love it. Um, so Merlin rushes to Gwen. He's asking her for help. He's like, Arthur needs your help. And she's like, Yeah, great. I know. I you know, no, I'm, I don't think he needs help for me. And and and. Merlin says, no, I listen, let's cut to the chase here. I know everything that's going on between you two. I assure you that Arthur loves you. He's enchanted, like literally enchanted by an enchantment that's making him love Vivian. Uh, Search your heart. You know who he loves, he says. Um, I just feel like this should be obvious. I mean, maybe, you know, Gwen's heartbroken, of course. Like she's got a lot going on, so she's not going to be thinking through things clearly. Um but Arthur is so out of character with literally everything that he's doing that I just feel like somebody, like when he says, oh, he's enchanted, she should immediately just go, oh. Oh, okay, yeah, totally that makes total out. sense. Yeah, yeah. Let me go. What do I need to do? Like, what, what, what can I do? Yeah. Um, Which, to her credit, she does after like a minute. I do I do like when he barges into her house, like she is forlornly looking out the <laughs> window. And, more rats. and she looks at him and goes, rats again, Merlin? And he's like, what? No. <laughs> like, he can't he's even. like, put that cup down. There's no time for that right now. <laughs> Did you get that from Morgana? Also, how is it? I haven't tried it. We uh we go back to the fight where Arthur looks like he's losing, but eventually he like rallies up and wins, and it looks like it's tied. I guess this t- fight to the death, and then oh wait, uh, yeah. Olaf like steps up and get managed to land like a devastating blow, uh, and right as he's about to wind up uh, and like smash down on Arthur's face, the 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 hourglass runs out, so they have to stop <laughs> fighting each other. Um, yeah. Gwen marches over to Arthur's tent, uh, confronts Arthur, who is completely clueless about why she is there. Uh, and she, for all the credit in the world, she doesn't waste any time. She just rushes up to him, kisses him, and it takes him for just a moment. And then he's like, oh, yeah, this is this is who I want to be with. Oh, yeah. And like immediately oh, yeah. kisses he's, her back. He goes from stunned to just immediately kissing he her He goes back. from stunned to snogged. Uh, stunned I, to snogged, yeah. I it's, forgot it's about a, this scene. It's a two-hit combo. It's a two-hit combo. I have, I have a gif of this scene on my phone because I thought it was so much so funny at the time. When the enchantment wears off, I don't know if he was told to act like he was having an orgasm in his pants, but boy, if that's <laughs> like his whole face is like I, I literally just did the thing in my pants. I like I just I just had a wet dream of some sort, and now I am here, and I have to go onto it's, the battlefield. It's funny. It's like he's coming back to reality, and 
the of, of course the the real the true love is is much more powerful than the enchanted love yeah and then at the same time all of his pain is coming back because he just got a broken rib he's been getting his ass kicked and I, there's a lot of facial facial expressions that can be interpreted in a lot of ways happening here it's um it's, it's just it's a it's a big fight uh yeah but yeah so arthur is like once once it sets in he's like okay well the spell's broken he's like where am i what is even happening right now? Like he's so confused and she's just like, listen, there's no time to explain you, but you're in a fight to the death. Um, and she just says like, I, all that I ask is that you live for me. Like, please, please make it through this. Um, Arthur, who is beat to shit has to, he's come back to his senses. He goes up, he talks to Merlin and he says, Hey Merlin, if, if anything should happen to me out there, please take care of Gwen. Um, the world may think she's disposable, but she's not or dispensable, but she's not dispensable to me. Um, Thanks, I guess. Jeez. Yeah, jeez. Thanks. Um, uh, <laughs> Is that how you feel about me too? Then, yeah. What the fuck? How many? Arthur, actually, um, Chris, let's let's talk. How many deleted scenes do you think there are of Merlin trying to kiss Arthur before realizing it had to be Gwen? Yeah, there's got to be. <laughs> there's got to be like between the time that he left the dragon and went to go see Gwen, realizing that it wouldn't work, that would just Merlin trying to kiss him. Like there was definitely like at least once, right? Like he would like ran up. To, yeah, definitely. he considered it. He considered it. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so sword fight, sword fight, sword fight time. Uh, and this time, now that he's not so distracted, Arthur actually manages to win. He's got Gwen cheering him on in in the stands. Um, he doesn't finish off Olaf. Instead, he helps him back up to his feet, uh, saying that you know this is no way to achieve peace. And I guess if that was the solution all along, then that's all we needed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, him and Gwen share a look. The crowd cheers. I guess everybody's happy and everything's resolved suddenly. That's it. Everyone's done. Every- everything's happy. Uh, it's weird how many times these uh, fight to the deaths just end up with like one guy helping the other one up to his feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everything is pretty much happy. Crazy how many also uh, end with shields turning into snakes. <laughs> you know, if I had a nickel, I would only have one. It's still weird <laughs> that I have one nickel. <laughs> Uh, back at um, Gwen's home, yeah. she she comes inside uh, and she finds a new letter. Uh, and but behind her, surprise, is Arthur waiting there, saying that and he. She's like, "Wow, I really need to. <laughs> I really need to lock this door." <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, he apologizes and says that his feelings for Vivian weren't real and that he's never loved another. And she says, "Well, you know, one day you will, and one day you will be queen, and I will not be able to be your queen." Uh, and then he says, you know, well, maybe things will change. And she says, well, until they do. And she does he's like not, a, He's not saying it with a lot of confidence. No, he's really not. Uh, and, and she responds with like kind of the same like, well, until they do. And she does like a little very formal curtsy. And uh, he just leaves. Uh, and it's, you know, this is this is very sad. We got the, the Gwen Arthur theme song playing, like doing a little piano mm-hmm. plucking in the background. It's very sad. Uh, you just you, you want these you want these two to be together. And they can't because of yeah. the royal rules that nobody that just a dude made up once (laughs) yeah so and then the scene starts with and it's good because arthur finally he he came here himself to to speak his own words to her not using merlin this time to deliver the message and so and it starts off and it's it's sort of like a proud moment for him and really acknowledging how he he feels for her but then when he walks away he walks away with his head bowed like it, it ends up kind of being on a somber note and like you said they're playing that theme music and it's just it's hitting it's hitting you know um, but there's no time to dwell on sad things. It's an episode of Merlin. It's true. It has to end on a happy note. And Olaf and Uther have made peace. Um, Olaf says, you know, hey, Vivian was as much to blame as Arthur. Unfortunately for her, nobody broke her spell. 
So she's still like it magically smitten with Arthur. I'm just going to say, I hope it wears off over time yep. or that she meets her true love and is freed from this because mm-hmm. that's bad. Um, as everybody's packing up to leave, Alan Ed, I can't mm-hmm. literally, I've struggled so much with this asshole's name. Um, bad King. He's, he's chain changing up the fucking Joker over here. And everyone is like, Hey man, why are this you is, super mad? This is real weird. Like, why do you have any reaction to this whatsoever? Like this is, this is very strange. Um, and yeah, he's like, and he tells the Joker, uh, that he's going to like make him run all the way back to their kingdom. Uh, and of course the Joker is like, I can't do that. I have jokes to make. And the, the, jokes to the make. king is not really with it. So they, they, they ride off to the sunset. Um, as, uh, Merlin and Arthur turn around to walk back into the castle. Arthur kind of teases uh, Arthur because he knows what he did in the tent. He kissed Gwen in the tent. And Arthur says, if you ever mention that to anybody, I will kill you. And the episode ends on just a real funny threat of death uh, from our boy Arthur. You love to see it. It's good. And there we go. There's the episode. That's it. Uh, really, really good. Really, really dense. A lot of fun. I think it's just one of the yes. better episodes of Merlin overall. Like all of the side performances are great. It's just really, really like chop full of just very funny moments and good action and and fun stuff. And it just feels like we've been talking about it for three and a half hours now. Yes, it's very dense, but and it's it's less dense I think when you don't take notes on it. But this is this episode is is one of those. Uh, examples of like this is why we love Merlin. You don't ever have to be incredibly critical about it. You get to just sort of have fun, and of course we're doing a podcast. So occasionally we're critical of it, um, but it, it's always a fun ride with with some heartfelt moments throughout. And it's just nice that Merlin pretty much kind of consistently delivers on that. Absolutely, they, like uh, they miss the mark sometimes, of course, but generally speaking, it's just a, it's just a, it's a good time. It's just fun. Who cares? It's fun. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a fun time, and it's interesting that they just there's not a lot of consequences to this stuff, and it's one of my frustrations with it. But I don't care that much in this episode because, yeah, yeah, the main consequence is like this kind of will they won't they between Arthur and Gwen, uh, and. Otherwise, it's just characters that I don't think we ever see again in the show. <laughs> so, like, right. Trickler right. never comes back, everybody. I'm sorry to disappoint you if you were a big Trickler fan, but, uh, yeah, that does not come back. Um, uh, that's it. That'll do it. That's it. That'll Next episode uh, is teased with uh, – are you getting these? Are you getting the teases, or do you want me to say this? Are you, yeah, they're on Netflix. Yeah, they're okay. on Netflix. Uh, Morgana and Mordred, there's a prophecy, Chris, and they're they're going to reunite yeah. to, to, to be evil together, which is such a bummer to me because uh, I like Morgana a lot. Um, yep. We'll see how that plays out, though, next week. In the meantime, uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, talking to us on Twitter. Thank you to for writing reviews. We got a, a couple of emails in recently and a couple of reviews that were just very, very nice. And it's always uh, mm-hmm. very, just very cool to see. So thank you so much for doing those. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. If you want to join up over there, you can get episodes of this podcast early, access to our super cool Discord channel uh, server, and uh, many, many exclusive podcasts. We'll be back next week. Until then, be safe, everybody. I'm sitting here trying to get ready for a podcast and Jeremy you're sending me cursed joker joker words from the joker words facebook page how dare you how dare you do this to me hey jeremy hey chris
Hey, really quick, I just gotta say something um, before we get started. Get out. If you push me away, I promise you, you won't find me where you left me. Okay, my okay. heart is big, but not big enough to deal with people who decide to love me when it's convenient for them. Okay, I just wanted to get that out in the open. So, do you want me to push you away or, or keep you close? I can't. I'm asking, I can't tell. I'm saying that when God gives you a new beginning, don't repeat the old mistakes. <laughs> Why is Facebook you know who said that? <laughs> the Joker? You know who said that? Of course, it's the Joker, Chris. It's the Joker. The said classic you know, catchphrase you know from the Joker. When Sean Penn famously played the Joker in Sean Penn's The Joker, mm-hmm. you know what he said? Mm-mm. He said that if money and material things make you believe uh, you are better than others, you are the poorest person on earth. And Ooh. I said, yes, Sean Penn's Joker, the iconic Sean Penn Joker. Um, I took that to heart. I really the, took that to heart. You know, Sean Penn did an amazing performance overall in that movie as the Joker. But I think sure. that phrase, that that quote, is maybe the highlight of the movie for me. When he talks about, I think that's the, the that, big moment. When he said, and he says it to Batman too, which is like, whoa, dude! Like Bruce Wayne has always been this sort of like, I mean, it depends on the adaptation, right? But he's a rich kid. He's a rich kid. Yeah, he grew up with his parents. He's got his issues, but he's a rich kid. And I think that sometimes we get lost in the valuing of material things and accumulation of money. And um, when the joke, when Sean Penn's the Joker, um, really sets him back on that level, it's a, it's a really humbling moment for for Batman and for Bruce, and um, and it's the it's the highlight of the movie. You know that reminds me of the famous Joker quote that was in a different Batman movie. Um, yeah, where Joker resp- says to Harley Quinn, "Some people think I'm I'm, I'm unhappy, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate silence in a world that never stops talking." And I think that's, that's right. really important because you know Joker f- is famous for all of his. Just long periods of quietness, just very mm-hmm. silent. Kind and he of says that, and she's like, "Okay, Mister J," chewing her <laughs> bubble gum. Um, <laughs> um, it's uh, Sean Penn's Joker. I think is probably my favorite. Played um, uh, a part with, um, with of course, the iconic Batman performance from uh, the the name you know Jim, Be- Jim Belushi. You, you know <laughs> Jim Belushi's uh, <laughs> Batman versus Sean, Sean Penn's Penn's The Joker. Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the classic 80s sex hijinks movie. <laughs> and it's, you know... It was basically um, Porky's 3. Let's be real. It was basically it Porky's was, 3. It, it was, was everything in, in, but a name. With a Batman skin on it. Um. <laughs> they made the movie, uh-huh. lost the license for Porky's, and then had to kind of redo certain scenes. But ironically, Sean Penn's character didn't change at all. He was just the Joker in Porky's Three, yeah. and and John Belushi. They reshot a few um, a few scenes just with him, which is in like a Halloween store Batman costume. Yeah, and honestly, you can't tell. I can't didn't know tell. that until I looked at the IMDb trivia uh, this morning when I woke up. I tend to look at um, Sean Penn's The Joker's um, IMDb page, and sometimes it leads me back to the, the iconic film that they did together. Of course, of course, uh, of course. And, and what was the what was the name I of the learned... movie, by the way? Can you? Can you... Yeah. I mean, everybody knows it, but I'm sure that you you. You know it right. I mean, you know the name of the movie. Yeah, the movie, the the film itself, Sean Penn's the Joker. Um, yeah, the film Star, starring Jim called, Belushi. Yes. Yeah, it's called um, it's called Batman's the Joker is what the <laughs> film is called. <laughs> yes, excellent, good, 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 good. Of course, it's called Batman's the Joker. I still, that's, Batman's I just the wanted... Joker because it's Batman and the Joker and the Joker. When he's yeah. speaking to him, he's like, "The Joker, what are you doing here?" <laughs> Because um, it's different than other interpretations of the Joker. Because Sean Penn's the Joker keeps the the in the the, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and most Jokers don't. They lose the the when they become the Joker, but Sean Penn's the Joker keeps the the. 
We're talking about an imaginary Joker film when we could uh, think everybody, about House of the Dragon. I think everybody knows that. Uh, if people are curious, uh, I keep sending Chris screenshots for my Facebook feed um, because I know that he doesn't have Facebook, so he doesn't get to experience the joy like I do of just being recommended pages again and again. That's like various variations of Joker quotes where mm. it's just a picture of Keanu Reeves with a long quote on it. <laughs> Keanu Reeves also famously mm-hmm. playing the Joker. Yeah. Uh, so this is when I, when I was railing against, I guess this was, this was what still back on monster of the week outtakes when I was railing against uh, Peaky blinders and mm-hmm. their silly little hats. It was because I would see again, just like absolute like nonsense, like Sigma male quotes that yeah, are, like, yeah, yeah. pulled out of context and they mean nothing. I didn't know. Uh, mean absolutely nothing. I didn't send it to you, but the, I, I got a Joker quotes with the Pinky Blinders guy yesterday, and I was like, yeah. "This would just make Chris explode." I'm not going to make him yeah. do this. I'm yeah. not going to show him yeah. this. I can't, I can't remember if I told you this already. If I was telling Jess about it, um, I saw some random clip or on TikTok or like a YouTube short or something, and it was just these two probably notable douchebags, but I had never seen them before. Um, sitting there, and they were like, "It's clearly some like alpha male. Like we're really cool. Like." And the one guy, he starts talking, and he's basically doing a Joker quote. He's like, if money and material things make you believe, (laughs) then that's what it's all about. And then the other guy just looks at him and repeats it back. He's like, if money and material things make you believe, then that's what it's all about. He's like, he's repeating the words, trying to figure out what the fuck did you just say. But he's saying it it in a way as if he's really been, oh, wow, that's deep. That hit me hard. But neither of them were fucking made any sense. And it's just like these weirdos get on a microphone, much like you and I, and they Uh peddle nonsense to unsuspecting dullards who are, dude, they're just trying to get fucking fit at the gym, right? These muscle heads are just trying to get swole. And then they got these douchebags on podcasts filling their heads with lies and making them an assholes. There's a a pipeline between just wanting to get a little bit jacked and then turning into a Nazi. I feel like that's a pretty easy, like a pretty, like it's like four steps between like. It's four steps. And the first step is a podcast. Not doing one. I want my but, arms but to be bigger, to <laughs> and I want to listen to like some guys goof around on a podcast while I get my arms big, and then all of a sudden I'm uh, marching on the Capitol. Like I feel like that's just a direct pipeline. We might be the bad guys. Oh Jeremy, man! I want to talk about House of the Dragon. Well, before we do that, uh, I started a show called Blackbird, which oh, has I, I, evocative title. What it's about? It is about a. It's it's inspired. You can't see my quotations, my scare quotes, but it okay. is inspired by a true story where a dude uh, gets arrested for being a drug dealer, having guns. And then uh-huh. the government comes up and it's like, hey, you got 10 years and that sucks. Uh, but if you want to get out, you can go to this super hardcore prison and cozy up with the guy we think is a serial killer and then get all of the places where he buried the dead bodies so we can you know, get him on some charges. And if you do Damn. that, we'll let you go. Um, which is you know, a, a cool premise for a show, whatever. Like It apparently happened in real life. Um, the main dude, the main actor of the show that goes to jail is played by one of the guy, the guy from the Kingsman. Um, and I remember like liking the Kingsman a little bit, oh, but I so just, it's not played by uh, Blackbird, not played by Blackbird. I don't know where no, Blackbird so, okay, comes right. in at so all. I thought maybe he was maybe an anthropomorphic. <laughs> no, no, uh, his, it is not a bird a, man who was we, doing drugs and all that stuff. Okay. So he's, just, it, it, he's the guy from the Kingsman. If the there's a kid re- from the Kingsman, like the lead, the lead from the Kingsman. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. yeah, it, there's not I haven't a re- seen that movie since it came out in theaters. Same. It's a sidebar. Um, <laughs> Hadn't really thought about it. Jess and I were just going to a lot of movies when we first started dating, and we saw The Kingsman. I had never seen a trailer for it. I really didn't know what it was. I was just like, Here, here's a movie playing at the appropriate time. We can eat dinner after. Um, and we did that. And I remember walking out of there. I'd be like, hey, that was all right. That movie was fine. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I yeah. thought the same thing. Like that scene in the church was kind of fun. Um, but this dude is from that. Yes. And 
Autumn and I kept like the dude just looks weird in it. Uh, like not to not to like make fun of somebody's shape or anything, and th- there will be a punchline to this, I promise. But like, it felt like all of his clothes were like he felt like he was super jacked up top, but he had forgot yeah. to like the rest of his body just had been left oh, he out. Skipped, he skipped leg day. No, 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 not just leg day, but like forearm oh, day like- and like ab day. Like oh. it was just like a just a big chest and shoulder situation, tiny yeah. head. Yeah. So he's like way thick up top to the point where like he, I don't think that he can like turn very well. Like he's balance got- balances off. Gear, but, the gears don't turn the way that they're supposed to yeah and then like all of the the you would see him in clothes and like it started with like a and it's kind of based in the early 90s so the fashion was a little off anyway but like he was in like this like suit jacket and it's like super tight up top around his like sternum and then like kind of yeah. like baggy around the, the the stomach and the waist area it was really I mean, like me and autumn just kept looking at each other and like this dude just is fucking weird like what why did they yeah. dress him this way and i wonder if he's like a really scrawny dude and he's just been like trying everything he can to like bulk up but it's autumn, only affecting certain parts of his body autumn said it looked like if they had cast um jason gordon lovett no wait is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt. JJL. JJL as uh, Captain America JJL. at like the last yeah. minute. And he had three weeks yeah. to get jacked. <laughs> like he looks like that. Like picture that in your brain. Yeah. So finally, after the end of the show, which is okay. Like I, I'm not completely hooked on it yet. Like that dude kind of sucks in it, to be honest with you. But like the rest of it, the setup is pretty good. Um, so after the show, I look it up and I'm like, I'm just very curious if this is inspired by a true story. Like what the actual dude looks like. And guess what, Chris? He looks exactly the same. Oh my god! <laughs> they oh my made god. the so dude look like true to, He was actually he's a really talented actor. He's <laughs> he a really made... talented fitness show up because he did what he, he did what was required of him. He, he morphed his entire body to look like this dude from the nineties with a, just a really right, bad gym respect. habit. <laughs> I had to be like, you know what? Your acting is kind of bad in this, but I respect the hustle. Like I get it. I'm, I'm right. into it. Right. So I'm suddenly changing my tune on him. But uh, God, just that dude's like straight up tight fucking suit like overcoat thing and then just like baggy around the waist it's the most it, yeah. like autumn and i were just like bewildered by the whole thing just sort of a just sort of a fashion nightmare it really was <clears throat> very strange wow. wow wow did you have something wow. that you wanted to talk about do you oh uh there's a show called house of the dragon uh-huh um, uh-huh on, uh, what's it about on hbo uh, it's, so it's, as you know, I watch maybe three shows, and one of them is usually for a podcast. So it's true. Um, <laughs> some, whenever some... I get back into a new thing, I get very excited, and I've been off and on like looking forward to House of the Dragon for a long time because um, it's it's a spinoff from Game of Thrones. But you know, Game of Thrones, we we have a complicated relationship. We, we love it, but we left with maybe a, a poor taste in our mouth. I don't know. Anyway, let's uh let's let's, this... let's throw in a, just a, a blanket spoiler warning that we're going to be talking about like st- spoiler warning stuff for in the, the first, first episode, episode of House yeah, of the yeah, Dragon. Yeah. As of uh, there's only one episode out as of right now, so like, we don't know anything mm-hmm. past this. So yeah. Um. Anyway, I I really enjoyed it. I didn't really know what to expect. I have read a portion of um, Fire and Blood, the book that it's based on. But didn't know didn't know what they were going to do with it because that's not a narrative; it's a history book. So I, I wasn't sure what they were going to pull out of it. Um, but I'm 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 intrigued. I'm interested. Um, I'm a known Matt Smith di- disliker, mm-hmm. and I thought that he was like really freaky and cool in this. And um, like he plays, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know if he's supposed to be the villain or if he's just one of those typical Game of Thrones characters. But he's a pretty vicious dude, and. Um, I thought he he pulled it off well. The wigs coming off, come just walking into those wigs. Everybody's Ooh. got the platinum blonde Tar- Targaryen wig. I thought that was going to be a lot. I, I didn't think I'd be able to um, overlook it. 
But um, but I did. And, um, you know, they got the dope armor. They get the wardrobe. We're back in King's Landing, seeing familiar sets again. They're just using that music to play off of my nostalgia that Absolutely. I apparently have for yeah, Game they, of Thrones. They, they knocked that out of the park. Like, the music was really, really good. Yeah. It was very evocative, um, even when they weren't using actual tracks from their previous show. Like, it was just very, like you said, it made you nostalgic. As opposed to someone who, like, literally just finished that, too. Like, I was like, yep, that's, yeah. that's, that is the thing that I know it to be. Um, and I yeah, think I'll, they're doing a pretty good uh, job with, like, the characterization and... Um, the for me the suspense throughout it and um and this was with Jess Jess was like trying to call everything the whole we were going through it because there's the king, Viserys, I believe, is his wife is pregnant. She's had some, you know, some difficulties in the past and he's really trying to get a male heir because, you know, it's um Targaryen times, right? And um he keeps being like i know it's gonna be a boy i know it's gonna be a boy and she's like bro we have literally no way to know that (laughs) Um, (laughs) i need you to stop expecting that from me um so the whole time we are just like oh it's building up this tension because as the audience we of course know that it's not going to be a boy that's that's how me and jess were interpreting it was like he keeps saying it he's had this prophetic dream about it of course it's not going to be um and then it is but then it still doesn't work out the way that he expected it to, right? And then in in a way it's still you know, the the dream is true but it's still false because blah blah blah. Anyway, it was it was it was very cool. I was we were really into that like drama that and the suspense that was built around a false expectation that I guess we ourselves created. But um that hooked me like through the whole episode cuz they had nailed that tension and for me that was enough to I'm like okay I guess I'm invested now because I my expect- expectations were set to such a level and then they were um subverted that I don't know it just worked I think um I agree with you on all of that like they they they, they set that up um the scene where she has the baby is one of the most brutal mm-hmm. things I think uh, the HBO has done in a long, long time. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot of uh quote unquote discourse around uh this show coming out before it aired because you know people were asking them about like sexual violence and things and they were mm. sort of doubling down on a lot of that stuff and being like you know we want to be accurate to the time period and people were like there's dragons <laughs> you don't have to have rape yeah. there's dragons yeah, you don't have to do it <laughs> you could just you could just um and remarkably there's not a lot of like sexual violence in this show uh but like the the violence that is there is way over the top and gruesome and the thing that i was surprised about mostly is that they return to the like sex position thing that early game of thrones did and then eventually got away from like characters literally being either in the act of sex or like Mm. around people having sex and like talking to one another and 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 explaining things that are like having conversations around what's happening in the world uh and that stuff doesn't really necessarily bother me i don't think that it adds a whole lot i didn't need to see matt smith's naked ass as he like hammers down on some i've always been super uninterested in that stuff and i kind of don't know why like I guess there's clearly there's an audience for it. Clearly, people there must be a casual viewer who was like, "Yeah, I'm here for the sex and the violence," um, and Dude. I wonder if they just like put that shit it like right up the like at the front so that like people who like that can be like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'm getting my money's worth." Here I go. I don't know. I don't. HBO's always been like the oh they're they, we got to show titties on HBO right like that's that was that's been HBO's thing for like a long long time is like we we can like, we show bro, I'd rather R-rated see a content. fucking dragon I can't see that in real life <laughs> dude uh, we have reached the point in uh, modern capitalism society where dragons are more expensive than titties and I think that's a goddamn yeah. failure in our society <laughs> I think we should pay more <laughs> for titties than we do dragons but uh I, and I agree with you I think Gary and I talk about this all the time when it comes to like comic books because Western comic books are really like highly sexualized and like there's a there's an element of 
Uh, I assure you, Japanese comics are as well. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I didn't want to speak on that. I don't have a lot of experience besides Berserk, which was extremely yeah. sexualized. But uh, there's an element to like the, the the idea of being titillated all the time um, is like while you're watching something or while you're consuming media, while you're doing other things is something that I think that I just don't agree with kind of like it's just yeah. not my thing like when i'm watching something i want to watch it when i'm sexing something i want to sex it <laughs> does that make sense right. like I don't, yeah i don't want to watch game of thrones and then get horny yeah exactly <laughs> and, not, I, and i think it's not, not even here for me and it's not even like i expect i don't think they expect people to like sit on the couch and jerk off to game of thrones uh <laughs> like i don't think that that's what they expect but i think there's an element of tilization there and i just mm-hmm. it just doesn't work for me so when i see those scenes i'm just like eh okay cool whatever yeah. Yeah. um and then you just you just think about like all of the stories that came out of it with uh, like Amelia Clark just being like I don't want to do this anymore like you have me you have me nude in like so many mm, scenes mm. I don't want to do this anymore so I don't know it, it gets all weird and confused but uh, the the show as a whole I thought did a really really good job of just like setting the stage for all of the batshit insane that's about to happen right like this is going to go yeah. into this is like a royal crisis where multiple people are going to be competing for the same throne and things are going to get really fucking weird um and i'm i'm kind of excited about like the political intrigue um yeah. i'm it, it I, I, there's some weird vibes throughout the whole thing like uh the main character i don't know anybody's name right <laughs> like i can't yeah. pronounce any I, of I these people's names i think her name is rainira rainira uh i Ra- think that's the main character it's again it, it is a lot of targaryen names Rhaeny- the only one i can remember is um is daemon because i think it's pronounced daemon because <laughs> you because you because in your head you just think gamon because you're a gamer yeah no <laughs> Because I just think like David, his name's just Damon, but they put an E in it. Um, but the main character uh, that plays, I'm looking her up now. And I, don't, I don't actually know who. Um, Renara, Renara, yeah, uh, Emma Renera? Darcy just has Renera? like one yeah, of the most whatever. like interesting faces, and she seems to have weird chemistry with everybody, uh, just in character. Like her, her little gal pal, her quote unquote gals yeah. with pals gal, uh, and then also her uncle, played by Matt Smith, uh, is. I mean, it's yeah. just it's very weird, but it's also. Uh, we, listen, we know we know we, we know what we know what the Targaryens the do. We know. Yeah, we we all yeah. we all understand what's about to happen. Um, yeah, we're watching that, and Jess is like in that first scene where he's giving her the necklace. Yep. Jess is like, I don't know mm-hmm. if he's trying to seduce her or tell us that he's secretly her father. And I was like, it could go either way. It could, it's it the could be. Hey, and here's the thing: could be both. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> like, and that's the bad. That's the horrible and thing about that, Game of like, Thrones. It could be either one of those. It could just be him buttering her up. Because he doesn't know if you know he'll need an ally, or it could be he's never seen her as a threat because he knows that she's never going to get power, um, and then suddenly she is going to get power, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it leads a lot of a lot of questions unanswered. And this was always, always, always my favorite thing about, about Game of Thrones was just speculating on what the fuck was going to happen. Yeah, um, and also it's like almost think, more satisfying than actually seeing what happens. I think also just the amount of work that they put into the sets and the the staging and like the the whole theater of the thing, right? Like just the idea of yes, the yes. the tournament, for example. I thought well, you know that's the that's the kind of weird Dark Souls shit that I'm just very much into. Like just like and it's over the top and violent. And like the whole time you're like, just like with Merlin, what what are the rules of this tournament that people can just murder each other? <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> this seems this seems like a tremendous waste of human life and resources, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um but 
but that the spectacle of all of that i think is what really pulls people into the game of thrones uh, storylines and i and I, i'm just kind of here for the spectacle of the whole thing mm-hmm. uh i do i, I it was a very protra- protracted scene where she's having that baby and things are going quite badly it's so much dude it's so much and they, they do the exact same fucking scene in um metal gear solid ground zeros um, <laughs> yes they do it's like like the, even the way that it's filmed and shit it was like the exact same thing except they took a bomb out of that woman um and then they fix her up after and this it's like okay that's not gonna happen there's this weird part of my brain where i was like is this supposed to be like like some sort of like reproductive rights like warning thing like look what can happen like to it's i don't know i i, I don't think so i think I it's kind of so. shock value yeah um and it's supposed to, they always do something brutal that's supposed to um i'll be i'll be very like the things to come i'll be very curious if if that was like a if they're writing that on a, on a deeper level eventually the daughter will find out that um her the king made that decision on behalf of her mother um, and didn't get allow the mother to have that decision, and she'll be really pissed off about it. Like, I would like to see mm-hmm. that th- that develop um, because yeah. that would lead into some. And it seems like they're hitting at that with like Westeros will never accept a queen and things like that. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be kind of curious. Of course, another weird thing is we sort of know all the history leading up to this, which is why yeah. it was real interesting when he like started spouting off the Song of Ice and Fire as a as a prophet. And of course. Yeah. All of that information got lost over the next 200 years because, you know, that whole from, dynasty. From what I understand, that's not something that was in the book. Um, it's something that came way later. Um, and the prince that was promised, or whatever his name was, Rhaegar maybe, whoever it was it way further down in the timeline, who was like, oh, I had this dream, the Song of Ice and Fire, I need to go, and I'm Azor High and all this shit. I- I'm supposed to save us all, and it didn't work out. Um, so obviously they're just they're just trying to tie this back into to the main series but yeah. um i asked yeah, autumn I autumn finished I'm in, I'm most of that book so. uh and i was like is this kind of accurate and she goes i have no fucking idea everybody's named viserys or danaris like i don't have any there's idea like, there's like 12 names total and there's like 300 characters exactly yeah like it's 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 worse than elden ring which is absolutely saying something how many fucking jane pools do you think there are <laughs> Jesus Jesus Christ. enough definitely Listen. enough Listen, Jeremy. Uh huh. Life isn't meant to be easy. Uh huh. It's meant to be lived. Sometimes happy, other times rough. But every up and down, you learn lessons that will make you strong. Now, that, of course, is a quote from Jason Momoa's The Joker, aka Cal Drogo, aka the best Joker of all time. I think everybody a- will AKA agree. Cal Joker. Uh, Cal Joker. Um, Cal Joker. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the one oh and God, only. that's a horrible All right, word. So <laughs> we'll have to um, we'll have to we'll have to I don't know do a separate thing for for House of the Dragon at some point because I suffer from that disorder where I speak the truth and truth that it pisses people off. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah, another yeah. joke quote for you. Um, <laughs> uh, famous one there. Famous famous, famous quote from Joker. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. They just keep oh. popping up. I just like I'm, I'm like casually just like scrolling through with my mouse because oh. I just need something to do with my hands, and they just keep popping up. And I'm like, how many of these can there be? It's, it's too impossible. Many. It's too many. So we're we're watching House of the Dragon. It's you know, it's more Game of Thrones. Cool, whatever. Uh, and then we have the Rings of Power, which is coming up. And um, as the time of this recording, it's coming up probably in two weeks. Yeah, sounds right. Three like, weeks, maybe. Either this week um, or next week. Yeah. I feel nothing for that. I keep watching the trailers, and I think visually it looks really amazing, but I, I don't have an I- iota of excitement for it. Um, I learned my lesson with The Hobbit, and, uh, and I'm not going to come on here and be a Hobbit hater, 
but I didn't have fun. I didn't. Well, I didn't experience the same levels of a of emotion and joy as I did um, with Lord of the Rings when I watched The Hobbit. And I love that book. I've read that book like five fucking times. Um, and so now I'm watching The Rings of Power. Visually looks amazing, but I don't know. It does not feel like anything that makes it. It doesn't feel like the reasons that I love Lord of the Rings. You know, my, my big um, issue watching the trailers is that it didn't seem to capture the things I liked about Lord of the Rings that much, which was like kind of the wonder and the excitement mm-hmm. and just the, like there's a general amount of like happiness at the beginning of those movies. Right. And even when things are at their worst, like there's a, there's a feeling of hope that pulls you through, but it's not in the same way that you get with like, I feel like when Game of Thrones came along, like all of a sudden we were in for a long years of just really, really somber, like fantasy fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, just real dour kind of situation. Like everything, everybody is a Stark. And they're just miserable all the time, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Merlin is a great antithesis to that because like Merlin seems like, you know, very cheerful and happy even as it does mm-hmm. all this emotional stuff. And I think Merlin has more in common with Lord of the Rings than say Game of Thrones does. Definitely. And, and I get, I get like out of the Rings of Power, I definitely get like a Game of Thrones vibe where they just want these characters to be very serious and like some of the some of the wonder is just not there for me. I don't, I don't know. Like yeah, in a lot of the Lord the, of the Rings is not supposed to be about like darkness. It's supposed yeah. to be about hope. It's supposed to be about, like the good things. And they're, the stories are always very grounded because it's like, they follow the hobbits who aren't even just like plucky eyed teens, which you get in every other adventure story. They're just like, like middle-aged normal folk who get wrapped up in all this. And they ground every experience. The closest thing that you get to in Lord of the Rings to like, uh, like greatness, like those like ex- exemplary characters, is an Aragorn who's a king and a Gandalf who's the fucking all powerful wizard. But they use them I- in ways that make it still feel like it's a very human story that you're following. Yeah. So I don't necessarily want to go into a Lord of the Rings that like these are the sickest generals, the most powerful exactly. badasses you've yeah, ever yeah, seen, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're gonna fuck shit up for the good of the world. Uh, again, that might not at all be what this is. This might end up being far more grounded than what we've seen um and uh, you know so i will save my my judgment until i've actually seen the show but i'm just not excited for it yet yeah and i hope i will be excited when i watch it but right now it's not there they're releasing two episodes uh not this thursday but next thursday on thursday on september 1st so that'll be that'll be the time to tell i don't know i think yeah. the, the other big problem i have is i think the nature of filming filmmaking has changed um like the mm-hmm. The Lord of the original Lord of the Rings trilogy seems like it's just a fucking marvel of filmmaking for so many different yeah. reasons that they just can't do today or nobody is willing to do today, right? Like there's no driving force of Peter Jackson and uh and his, you know, pocket full of cash and executive producers that allowed him to, you know, we're gonna go everything's gonna be on site, we're gonna film these huge vistas. Like there's not a lot of like CGI landscapes in Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and when it is, it's like really nicely integrated into actual real landscapes and when i'm watching watching the trailer i don't get that vibe at all like i get a lot of like mcu vibes of like oh here's a Mm -hmm. giant mystical city that probably took like 10 guys forty thousand hours to build on a computer system and just (laughs) and it looks exactly like that and i'm you know it's nice don't get me wrong but like when you watch lord of the rings you're like fucking amazed like you and i talked about it constantly on our podcast about it's just like wow landscape porn (laughs) like we're doing it again right Right. um Anyway, Which, yeah, we need to talk about Lord of the Rings, but I guess we should talk about Merlin first. Yeah, we've um, been going for fantasy's back though. Honestly, watching House of the Dragon made me like m- even more excited about like w- watching Merlin. They're very different things, but it's just it's just gets that that fantasy itch going, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I agree with you. Uh, I think I I 
fantasies back feels like really really good like the the amount of dudes and and women carrying swords and doing you know castle stuff is is high right now and that's a good thing dude so. swords and castle stuff oh, fucking yeah. not love it dude i love it hbo i don't need more nudity on your television show i need more women more in armor frankly swords more women in armor more women carrying swords more ladies in the lake throwing swords the fucking catching dude, swords. The armor they gave to daemon targaryen out of control detail that, on that shit it doesn't even make sense what he's walking around and that's what i want to see everybody in i want to i want him to look like i'm fucking playing world of warcraft he's got those little wings on his helmet right like he's got the little dragon wings coming off his helmet the little silly wings on his on his but i appreciate it i'm like matt smith you would have silly little wings on your helmet yeah that, that's a dude like that dude seems extra in exactly that kind of way where he'd like yeah. he's the same kind of dude that would put truck nuts on a truck there's, that's nothing but dragon nuts on yeah. his helmet right there dude, oh you know <laughs> the last thing i'll say is when he is fighting in the tourney and the shit's getting pretty crazy. First of all, he's using fucking Dark Sister. His um, yeah, his, uh, yeah. give you a sword with sword. lore. I love it. <clears throat> um, which I feel like you should, that shouldn't be allowed in the tournament. But um, he loses because he yields, and that was like I was like, this is this is telling us something. This guy is willing to accept defeat on the face. This is such an easy metaphor. I sound stupid for pointing it out, but I've been thinking about that moment. I was like, he he's this brutal, violent person who we've already seen him be incredibly vicious to people. He delights in, in like cutting off balls and stuff. Um, <laughs> and yet he, he just yielded to this guy. And I feel like he could have, he could have won. He could have gone hard, but he yields. And I'm like, Hmm, that's, that's going to tell us something. This is, this is something we need to pay attention to. Um, anyway, let's talk about Merlin. <laughs> let's talk about Merlin. Cause we've been talking about other fantasy shit for 30 minutes. Yeah. Merlin, 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 I'm begging It's all. 